0: No, it's, um, it's House of Five Leaves Lady, the one who definitely has an OG-san fetish. So, for this episode, we're going to be doing our usual. We're going to be doing one completed manga series and one uh, ongoing manga series. Uh, As always, I'm Helen. Can you guys also introduce yourselves?
1: I'm April, back again.
2: Uh, I'm stuck Someday
0: someday (laughs) I will actually
1: figure out how to do
0: that intro so it doesn't sound stupid every time, but today was not that day. (laughs) I think you get it fast this time. (laughs) So, for our longer completed series that we're doing this week... Uh, Corey and I have been talking about doing a talk about Shinobu Otaka's Magi for quite a while now, and we realized we wanted to do it once the series was going to be finished, and then I moved away from my library system, which had it, (laughs) which was collecting the series like a month before the final volume came out, so it's taken us a little while. Uh, So as a quick, like, setup note, none of us here actually know how you're supposed to pronounce the title for this. We're not sure if it's supposed to be, like, Magi or magi, which is clearly the word she's referencing. Yeah.
2: I watched the anime first, they said magi, so I keep saying that, uh, mm-hmm. and that's probably wrong. As Helen pointing out, there is an actual word in English called magi. <laughs> like, who knows?
0: Yeah, so who knows? We're just going to be inconsistent on that. Um, but one thing we can be consistent on is that I think both Corey and I did enjoy the series since we both read all 38 volumes of it. Um you know, what's the difference, one or two? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's
2: already at 30-something. It's a lot.
0: By that point. <laughs> uh, so Shinobu Ohaka's story is in a vaguely Middle Eastern-style setting. You know, there's lots of sand and desert and camels and dungeons and gin, because uh, she has set up this sort of fantasy world where we first run into... Uh, I think we run into Aladdin first. It's been a while since I read the first volume, so maybe I had this order slightly backwards. But he is just this average guy, very whiny, and he comes across another kid whose name is Aladdin. Yes, there's going to be a lot of, like, familiar names in here. <laughs> and Ala- um, Alibaba sort of wants to, like, conquer one of these dungeons that have popped up across the world recently. Nobody's sure where they're coming from, and if you conquer them, that's the verbiage they use, um, you get, like, these special weapons, that are in do- down with magical powers, and Aladdin, he doesn't have one of these weapons, but he seems to have powers as well, which is kind of unusual. And so they actually do end up conquering a dungeon rather early on, and it seems like this story is going to be kind of this generic fantasy or I, I remember I was thinking, like, oh, great, it's going to be like I'm watching people play a video game, except it's a manga. So it's not even as interesting as watching people play a video game. And then the series turned out to secretly be about politics. It turns out that it's actually like a long debate about what makes a good king, what makes good kingship, you know, ruling countries, changes, etc. Which, to this day, I'm still blown by that, like, after like three or four volumes, she just get... Shinobu and the manga, just goes, nah, this is actually going to be about politics all along. Like, there's fantasy, there's big fights, there's magic, but this is actually about kingship. And I remember, because I had tried out, uh, I think I checked out about five volumes of the manga from the library on my first go, and, like, there was something weird. Like, I couldn't get a hold of volume three or something, and so I skipped over it at first, but then once I read that third volume, it just really clicked with me, and I enjoyed it ever since. Like Corey said, there was an anime adaptation but that definitely didn't cover the full 30 some volumes. That
1: only covered about like
0: maybe 12. So, uh, April, how much of this did you have a chance to read? Since I'm guessing you probably oh, did not read all of it.
1: Not very much. So, I read this a few years ago, and I think I got through like three or four volumes, and then I just read one to refresh myself but hearing you talk about it i guess i didn't get to the part about the politics so i've like never been super into this one because i thought it was just like a dungeon crawler and magic and i just never it never caught on with me i've seen a few episodes of the anime too and i like the anime um a little bit better but maybe i maybe i dipped out right before right before it got good
0: <laughs> yeah i have to admit i'm kind of confused why she made that change since looking back on it There was definitely foreshadowing, like it all fits in one continuity, but I don't know, maybe she was just playing the long game, just reeling people in at first. I think it's around the time when Sinbad shows up that the story starts focusing a little more on politics, especially as we get into Alibaba's background, and just, I'm going to lay it out here, I really don't like Sinbad. Corey, Uh, what about you?
2: I don't think anybody likes him, especially by the Yangs.
0: I mean, considering, like, that he got, like, his own spinoff manga turned into an anime, I thought people were, like, liked him.
2: Oh, yeah, I completely forgot about that.
0: (laughs) And it's kind of funny, because, like, some of the later volumes of the manga seem to be referencing, like, oh, here's what Sinbad's childhood was like, and I was like, I have no idea what's going on here, since I have not read that spinoff. We're just gonna keep trucking (laughs) along.
2: Yeah, as Helen said, uh, this gets into politics pretty quickly. I think it uh, kind of um, hints at that early on with the wine guy that's like, Who cares about human lives? Save my wine. Uh, like it's <laughs> going to be about something much more than um, dungeon crawling, but like the, the first dungeon, which ends like the second, first volume or second volume, um, but when that ends, it's just like, Now we want to conquer all of the dungeons. Uh, that does not happen uh, very very quickly <laughs> that does not happen um,
0: especially since most of them have actually already been conquered by this yeah. point
2: yeah i mean like Helen Zug, you meet sinbag and eventually you learn that he has conquered seven of the dungeons and then they're like when he tried to conquer his eighth they're just like no stop it you've had enough
0: and, and we really do mean that there is a higher power out there who has sort of arranged these things And was like, no. And Sinbad was like, well, fine, then I'm gonna get my own merry band of people together, and I'm gonna have them conquer some dungeons. Yep.
2: Uh... And then the, uh, this whole story is, like, loosely based on the Arabian Nights, the Thousand, Thousand and One, Thousand Tales? Uh, Thousand
0: and One Nights? It's a lot of tales.
2: Uh, yeah. I've never read any of those, but, like, now that I've read Maggie, I'm vaguely interested in seeing what the original was like. I assume completely different from this and, uh, way less pervy.
0: Especially since the original tales are said to have actually come from India and traveled west, so, uh oh, yeah, those first few songs were, like, really pervy. I also do not understand that, like, early on, Aladdin is just really into boobs. And, yeah. like, there's multiple <laughs> scenes where he and Alibaba are just, like, we are at some sort of host club of sorts, you know? Like, Middle Eastern, you know, fantasy host club. And you keep seeing Aladdin getting all these girls with these big boobs. And Aladdin looks like he's, like, ten or younger at this point. Yeah. And it's just... It's really weird. Like that was one of the ones where I kind of looked at the author and I'm like, "You're a lady. Are you a lady who likes boobs?" And then it just (laughs) sort of (laughs) disappears later on, and I'm like, "Are you a lady with like deep plots to get people hooked on your story?" (laughs)
2: Yeah, it could be. Uh, I mean, I think we've we've joked Helen. uh, Like after there's like time skip later on, and then after the time skip, like the immediate volumes following that it's just like it turned into several episodes of planet money somehow
0: (laughs) i mean yeah there was a time skip at one point and it's been about two years and you know the readers have no idea what happened in time skip so appropriately some of the characters have been sort of out of the loop for two years and so they come back and they're like skyscrapers and like detailed, like, treaties in between nations, dealing with trades and everything that's like, all right, was this secretly about economics as well as politics the whole time?
2: <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> I have to say, I didn't like a lot of the characters in this series when I started. Like, Aladdin was annoying, and Alibaba was annoying. Yep. Uh, war was always cool. More, I, I always appreciate, you know, a tact term young lady who can kick her way out of situations. But by the end of the series, I did actually like all the characters. They got better, and they especially got better after the time skip.
2: Yeah, they uh, grow in substantial ways that are not just, uh, like, in the early going, it's a lot of them uh, whining or wanting things that they don't really deserve. Um, They actually realize that that was wrong, and uh, Morgiana being the only character with any sort of brain in the early going um, steers them a little righter than they were.
0: Yeah, it's kind of funny since when I started reading the first volume, I remember, like, Al- Alibaba was so annoying. My immediate thought was, in the anime, was he voiced by Yukikaji by any chance? At that point, um, Yukikaji was doing mostly, like, very annoying male characters. And I just suddenly had this voice in my head. And I'm like, they totally typecast him as this, right? And I was right, so. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, like Corey and I have said, this series is really long and it has this absolutely enormous cast of characters by the end. Um, uh, the main trio, more Aladdin, and Alibaba, just go around to a lot of different countries, so we see them interacting with a lot of Sinbad's allies in Sindaria. There's also the Liam Empire. There's the city-state of Mangashoot, where Aladdin spends some time learning magic. Uh, the Ko Empire is also a really major player for a lot of it. They're sort of like Chinese imperialism inspired. And so, I have to admit, by the time I was getting to later in the series, especially in, like, the final arc, I was really sad that a lot of these characters got sidelined, since I really grew attached to a lot of side characters, and then Otako's was just like, no, I'm going to, like, make only four characters important at this point, and it's going to be just those four.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, not, not to be the, uh, if you get to the Nami arc in One Piece, then it's good person, but, like, <laughs> once you get to, to the belt bag stuff in Magi, uh, it just like gets really good, um, and I guess all of these shonen titles have that have that kind of when um, it goes from eh, this is a pretty entertaining shonen fare to oh this is really really good, um, or at least the really good ones do. And uh, that, that's to that point, I don't think it takes, to, but um, there's a lot of stuff uh, early on with Morgiana who was a slave and then freed from slavery, so that, uh, there's hooks early that you don't have to get through that whole part. To, to think that it's good.
1: Shoot, I had, had it a thought. Invent, give it,
0: a. <laughs> uh, it especially helps for me that, like I said, I had a library system that was buying all the volumes for me, so that definitely helped, because it's like, eh, I can just check out these books and it cost me nothing. Might as well keep going.
2: Yeah.
0: Oh, and it, this is going to sound funny, since I was just complaining about, like, the boobs early on, but I actually really liked a lot of Otaka's designs by the end. I felt like a lot of the characters just had, like, these really neat designs that were kind of intricate but not like overly so although at some point a lot of the characters figure out how to use these um, weapons they've gained from the dungeons and like um, sort of like have a transformation and by that point I'm just like everybody looks the same I have no idea what's going on in these fights anymore (laughs) who the fuck is that who the fuck is that Uh, I definitely felt like some of the later fight scenes would have probably been easier to follow if it was animated so I could see people like moving and have people, like, in different colors. But the anime never got nearly that far. I think it's kind of interesting, because I feel like the anime just sort of dipped out before the series got, like, to its best parts, in my opinion. But I remember that the anime never seemed to have a lot of fans for it. I feel like the series in some ways didn't catch on in the same way that a lot of other big shonen series caught on here in the U.S.
2: Yep, I would agree. And, uh, I don't think uh, that ignoring of it is really warranted because like it's really good uh we've been talking about it uh and i have been talking about it for years uh about how we wanted to podcast about it to just try to spread the word because it's really good alas
0: oh and i'm definitely looking forward to otaka's current series which is called orient um it's coming out from kodansha and it's not out yet or else we would have made this like a double otaka podcast but (laughs) uh if i'm a fan of otaka does that make me an Otaka otaku i wonder But I didn't didn't like her series before this, which was Sumomomo Momomo, I think. I remember reading, like, a chapter or two of that and just being like, no, this is silly. So, anyway, I really enjoyed Magi. I'm not sure if I want to purchase all the volumes myself because I do not have room for a 30-volume series (laughs) in my apartment. I already have, like, enough manga. But it's one where I feel like I'm going to think back fondly on the series for a while. I mean,
2: I got the review copies, so I ended up got to purchase, like, six or seven volumes or something. I am um, 37, uh, and we already have, they're on the show. Yeah, I
0: was going to say, I, I once recommended a, like, library cataloging app for you and Dana, and you and Dana said, oh, it's got a 5,000 volume cap, though, that's too small.
1: Yeah. Oh, gosh. I know.
2: <laughs> we have like eight volume or eight manga
0: i'm going to assume that your apartment doesn't actually have walls it's just solely supported by bookshelves (laughs) 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 well with that folks we'll be back in a moment and talk about our current series classmates
2: and we're here to talk about classmates the uh asumiko nakamura uh romance yaoi manga um it is currently published by seven c's and as i am reading the wikipedia page as i talk it was published by j manga before this uh anyway t-i-l (laughs) <laughs> this is, um, this is a story about two high school students, they go to an all-boys school. Boys school, uh, one of them is named, uh, Sasho, and he is a quieter student, uh, very smart but has, um, pretty bad anxiety in terms of, uh, performing in times of pressure, uh, which caused him to go to this relatively low-performing intent instead of one of the, uh, um, one of the better academic schools, which he is def- qualified for, but just didn't, wasn't able to pass the tests. uh, and he is friend, first friends, and then friends, and actually boyfriends, with this guy named Kusakabe, who is, uh, an, more of an extrovert, he's in uh, amateur rock bands, uh, he plays guitar, I believe, um, and this manga, uh, as one of these romance mangas that we, re- that we review, is just about their budding relationship, about how Um, each of their personalities clash, how they don't, they don't really seem like they would be fitted for each other, but who knows about, uh, love and how that works. The only other, uh, major character besides those two is this guy named Hara. He is their music teacher, and he is also gay, and he has, uh, some problematic thoughts about his students.
0: Hi, yes, I would like to cancel this teacher, because he is most definitely, he's like i definitely want to hit on this student i definitely want to make out with this student and it's like please for the love of god you were
1: 35 you were like oh he was 35 i mean not that that if he would have been younger would have made any better but i didn't realize he was 35
0: yes there's like roughly a 20 year age difference yeah
2: (laughs) Um, so I read three volumes of this. How many did you guys get through, and what did you
0: think of it? I read one volume since I have a review copy of the first volume, but I still had not had time to get to before that. I'm sorry, Seven Seas. Um, I don't know. I felt like it was rushed at first and then slowed down too much. Like, the first chapter is very concerned with just getting the two boys together, and then you learn more about their personalities after that. Yeah. And it's like they sort of get together and then their relationship doesn't really progress at all. Like, they're still in the, are we kissing or are we not kissing phase? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I was a little disappointed by it. I didn't think it was going to be so uneven in terms of pacing. It just felt a little scattershot. I know that the author says at the end of the first line that this was their first BL work, and I wonder if this is like one of their first manga in general, since it just felt a little mm, not amateurish, that's too mean, but just young.
1: Yeah, I think I would have to agree with Helen. I was a little—I don't—I don't think I was overall disappointed with it, but it, it did feel uneven. And then, like when they, because they get together fairly early in the first volume, it just—I felt like I didn't know the characters then, so I didn't really care about their relationship and i didn't really start to care about the relationship until towards the very end when they're discussing school and exams and all that but i would say for three quarters of the book it was just like okay they're just together and they kiss a lot and like it, it works if, if if it works for you it works for you for me i just wanted a little bit more out of it and you at least don't get it initially um it takes a little bit for it to keep going so i maybe would have liked Or maybe it would have helped to have had more than one volume, because at the end of this one, I didn't feel super compelled to see the rest. I I don't know. I I, I couldn't quite tell where it was going. Yeah,
0: I was surprised to find out that this wasn't a
1: one-shot series,
0: just because as the volume is going on, they're going kind of quickly through their high school years. They're getting to the end of high school. And I'm like, but guys, if they're no longer in the same school, the title is going to be inaccurate. (laughs) So I was actually surprised that it continued on.
2: Yeah, so uh, I agree with everything that both of you are saying about that first volume, um, because I felt largely the same. I didn't really feel strongly about it after the first volume, but uh, once you get into the second and third volumes, the pacing is much better, uh, and it it doesn't really skip around or uh, seemingly rushing to whatever it wants to be doing uh, in those two volumes. Like, uh, I think in the first volume it just like time skips from their second year to near the end of their third year at one point, right?
0: Yeah, I think so, especially since a lot of things are labeled by seasons, and so it goes like straight from like Mm. spring to fall to like summer again, I think? Yeah. So
2: the second and third volumes don't do that at all. They're mostly focused on uh, what they're doing, how they're hanging out, and also, eventually, how uh, Sasho is doing in college entrance exams, and how uh, Kusakabe's music career is uh, sort of bugging. Sasho eventually tries out—not tries uh, out—takes the test for Tokyo U their Kyoto U, and um, like, he was only able to get through that task at all and get there because of Kusakabe's encouragement, and Kusakabe eventually takes a job in Europe playing music as like a big opportunity for him, um, but none of these things feel rushed. That all happens in the third volume, and like, those things we get to eventually, and it's building up to that. Uh, I, I honestly have no idea why I didn't just start around that time. Uh, but
0: is the third volume the final one, or is it still ongoing?
2: There are five volumes I don't know what they're going to do because uh, <laughs> they're already out of school in the third volume or out of class. they're not out of
0: Also, did anybody here see the movie adaptation of this that came out I think last year or 2018 i didn't have a chance to see it. i don't think it was playing anywhere near me, and you guys know how hard it is to stream movies for anime without like paying practically full price for them. I, ign- I know, I know you can definitely there, buy it but, on Amazon Prime, but... Any mm. play. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's why. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, and at the end of the first volume, the author says that this series was her first job from a BL magazine, and so that she wanted to, she wanted to go with something cliché. That's what she says in the author note in the back. Um, I don't yeah, know if I, know. I necessarily felt like it was cliché, but that's, that's what she says here.
0: I remember reading that note and it quite literally says, you know, go with the most overly cliche thing I could think of. And I'm like, (laughs) what is your thought process for that? Like, you need to be real confident in yourself. You're thinking I can take the most cliche thing and make it interesting again. Just like, are you full of yourself? Like, what is going on here? Were you scared that you wouldn't continue if it wasn't cliche? I'm like, I I need some answers here. Like, I really need some answers.
1: Well, it's interesting to know that that, uh, the other volumes... Move a little bit quicker or focus a little bit more. Cause I just, I just like didn't feel compelled. I didn't hate it. That's the thing is, I didn't hate. It. I just didn't feel super <laughs> compelled at the end of it.
2: I mean, uh, if you're not, if you don't feel super strongly about this, I wouldn't say seek out the other volumes. They're not that strong. Mm-hmm. But if you did feel like uh, these characters are being themselves, then uh, and also growing from what they were. Then, so you got the second and third volumes, at least. Uh, they were they were enjoyable. Much more enjoyable than the first.
0: I feel like manga really does follow a bell curve. Like, there's some really terrible ones and some fantastic ones, but a lot of it just sort of fall into the, eh, it's average category.
2: Yep. I would call this mm, pretty average.
0: <laughs> also, yes, I kept thinking about Given and thinking, I think I liked Given better. Totally different dynamics, but it also involved gay guys in a band. So, yeah. <laughs> of course, that's where my mind went.
2: This one gets lewd, by the way. Not showing anything lewd, but, like, they do stuff lewd.
0: Ah, uh, okay, so there is the fuckening.
2: Yep. <laughs> Alright, well, uh, do, does anyone else have anything else on Classmates, or should we close out this episode?
1: I don't have any. I think you covered it pretty well. I kind of wonder if I might have
0: liked this more if I hadn't been so rushed to read it, because uh, I lost track of time and I did not make, give myself sufficient time to read this before the podcast. But even then, I think I would still just be kind of lukewarm on the series.
2: Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I would have remembered anything if I had read Volume 1 and then read Volume 2 (laughs) a month later, but I I read them, like, a couple days apart. um, So it's uh, shut down now. Um, Where can we find everybody online?
1: You can find me on Twitter at Mondierin. I'm still alive, trying to avoid the news, but I'm still there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Wondering Dreamer. You can find me doing reviews uh, Well, I guess there's going to be a review of mine on classmates coming up soon over at the OASG, and I'm also still currently co-hosting the OASG's podcast. It's kind of depressing right now because like all of our news is (laughs) current events.
2: Uh, you can find me on Twitter at K, you can find this podcast on Twitter at Ears, and you can find all of our episodes uh, online over at taikupodcast.com That's T-A-I-I-K-U uh, please rate review us on iTunes if you like them, okay, guys make a sag if you did that, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you're also tweaking us with recommendations we are likely to review them um, because we have never gotten one, uh, no, just go like us
0: until next time, y'all, bye bye